Welcome to another episode of Purple Insider from inside TCO Performance Center. Matthew Collar here with you along with ESPN's Courtney Cronin. And Courtney, we have to do something that we have not done in quite some time. In fact, it's been too long, which is pick the schedule. Are you prepared to pick the rest of the Vikings schedule? There's only six games left, so... From a math perspective of making sure I get the right record that I have in my head and what I put down as far as wins and losses, this should be relatively easy. Six is easier than 17. But I never really fully prepared for this experience Mm -hmm. that we go through. I mean, it really is like a religious experience. Um, Out of body. Yes, because... We go through this and you just never know. Like sometimes I might just switch it up on you. They might go 0-6 and and you would never expect me to pick that. But with the nature of this team being so hot and cold, like every week is burn it down, fire everybody, (laughs) trade Kirk in the offseason, trade Jefferson two years from now when he has his truth tall rumors moment um, (laughs) and start over. Or it's, hey, seven seed. Maybe the sixth seed. Like, that's this team is exhausting in that sense, which is what makes picking the schedule so temperamental, I guess, if you want to. I thought you were going to say exhilarating. I don't know if it's an exhilarating experience because I just don't know where I'm going with this. Like, I, I, I really don't. So it could be, it could be exhilarating, but it could also be like, oh my God, what did she just do? So you just never know yeah. what you're going to get. No, that's true. Um, well, you haven't seen the movie Point Break, but I was, I, going, I was going to say, you you've know, been like, referencing it like multiple times lately. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. I, I you're like a dog on a bone with this movie. You sometimes get on times. these things. Like yeah. I'm trying to remember what else you've done with this recently. Oh no, there's a lot um, of stuff like this. Bruce Arians quarterback back book uh-huh. there was yep. like a period two years ago mm-hmm. where you referenced it and i'd be like yes i know in chapter three about ben roethlisberger mm-hmm. this that and the <laughs> other thing this is your new thing that you're on well and i just gave you my dmx book so that yes, might be I'm the very next excited thing. to read yeah. earl the autobiography after yeah. watching the very depressing um documentary yeah i gotta see that um so all right but this uh picking the schedule is going to have a different twist mm-hmm. by the way oh what i was gonna say about point break is it's just like it's like riding the wave you know and then I was going to quote Point Break, but then you made me feel bad about it. So I'm just going to move on. That's uh, fine. The wave, though, let me just say, the wave crashes very hard here. <laughs> <It does. laughs> if you're trying to surf that thing, you're going to get caught under the rip, t- rip tide, rip curl, and you're probably going to drown. So um, we can make this well, really Well, they might. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> there are some games in here that um, sort of set up for a potential drowning. But anyway, there's a new twist, though. Do you watch reality TV at all? Sometimes the Real Housewives... Okay. Very sparingly. So competition shows, what they're always doing is it'll be halfway through the show and they're baking or they're making clothes or whatever it is. And then whoever the host is will come in and say, contestants, we have a new challenge. Ugh. That's what's happening right now with this picking the, the schedule. Wrenches. I'm not I'm not a fan of those. Yeah. Um, but let me hear it. What do here, I have to Here's do? the new challenge. For every one of these games that we pick, you have to also say the ridiculous way that they win or lose. Okay. So it's not just a W or an L, but also the insane way that the game is decided. So you, does, does every game have to be straight-up insanity? Can I pick any game that's not going to be decided by seven points or less? No. Uh, they all have to be decided by some crazy thing. I guess you could say that a game would turn sure. on something bizarre. So that's I can do that. It could be. It doesn't have to always come down to the fourth quarter because I'm personally yeah. trying to like speak something else into existence because, you know, 
my stress level cannot handle all of these deadline like analysis that we have to analyses uh things that we have to file right at the buzzer so maybe i will will them to actually win a game by the end of the third quarter close out a team. <laughs> i don't know that that's going to happen if it is it's going to be this week and we'll get into yeah. that you know after this we'll kind of do a little more of a hardcore breakdown of uh this game against the lions but just a, as a teaser i think they're just going to kill the lions but anyway uh so let's start out there sure. win or loss this sunday at detroit I will have them winning this game. I tend to think this will not be a blowout because the Lions have played teams really close, really since like week nine or week 10. You can go back to early in the season when it took Baltimore kicking a 66-yard field goal to beat um, the, beat the Lions, but think about the game that they tied against the Steelers when Jared Goff was hurt. You know, they took the Browns to task. They lose on a field goal to the Bears. And, I mean, this team in week five, it Mm -hmm. took them a 54-yard field goal from Greg Joseph in the two-minute drill to beat them. So, if obviously speaking, you can't take Detroit lightly, and I don't because this has every sort of feeling of, oh, my God, Detroit's going to break through, and this is 1-10-1 come Sunday, 5 p.m. Central time. But – I have the Vikings winning this game. Now you're going to ask me how. Mm-hmm. So Kirk is 7-0 and against the Lions as a Viking starting quarterback. Seven and what and is one. he against everybody else? Uh, go yes. ahead. Go ahead. So Sorry. 7-1 in his career overall. So it's his most wins against a single opponent in his career. And I think that's good. They're going to be without Dalvin Cook in this game. They don't need him because they've won without him twice against the Lions previously and Seattle. And I think you just – you really lean into – the pass first offense here. This is this is the chance that you have to get it done against a not very good secondary and just a team that they, they still need a quarterback. Like the Lions are never going to be much better than what they are and just like almost breaking through with Jared Goff at quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I think this is going to be one of those 400 yard passing games. Like you know Kirk's best stat line of the season. It's still going to be close because this defense is you know not equipped to stop a lot of people. Um, won't be won't be as close as that Bears game. It's probably going to be decided by seven points again, not a field goal. But Kirk will throw for 400-something yards. Justin Jefferson, two-touchdown game. Adam Thielen, two touchdowns. Okay, what is the crazy thing that happens? That's not and crazy. That's pretty— Throwing for 400 yards oh. is nuts. Against the Lions? They're 27th in defense. All right, crazy thing that'll happen. You have failed um, your first challenge. Damn, okay. Well, I gave you— Tim the, Gunn I gave is you disappointed the, in you. Who? Tim Gunn, he's the one from the designer show. What is it called? Project Runway. Yeah, Project Runway. See, I know th- yeah. I know some things. It, um, what does he say? Get it, get it done, or something like that. Do you say do your job, or is that Bill Belichick? <laughs> That's Bill Belichick, but Tim um, Gunn is similar. So, all right, crazy thing. So I have to. All right, well, I gave you the real way they're going to win. Mm-hmm. The crazy thing is, Kenne Wangwu is going to return the opening second half kickoff for a touchdown. And that and that ultimately ends up being the difference. Yeah, I mean, it's just like three of these since week nine. Come on, like the guy's amazing. He should have been special, NFC Special Teams Player of the Month for November. This is his December kickoff for the campaign. Okay, I think you get a three out of ten for your first craziness. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, okay, here's here's one. Jared Goff runs out of the back of the end zone as an homage like an to Dan Orlovsky. Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the game is tied. Jordan Berry drops an unbelievable punt at the one-yard line, so Jared Goff has a chance to get the Lions their first win by traveling all the way down the field 99 yards to beat the Vikings. And instead, he runs away from T.J. Smith in the back of the end zone and gets a safety for the Lions to stay still winless. 
I mean, they almost got a safety. I think it was last week. I mean, um, that's not it. It's the Lions. Yeah. So, okay, fine. Can I just say real quick, um, the idea that they're better than their record is hilarious. The Lions. And wrong yeah. and ridiculous. They are 30th in scoring and 27th in defense. Yes. And they have an expected win-loss of 2-9. and nine. So, like, yeah, but like, better than their ex- record by two. Nobody expected the Lions to be good this year. That's what I don't understand. I think that they've been very, very close in games. But, like, bad teams can be close in games, too. That doesn't make you a good team because right. you're like, hey, we almost beat them. Right. Um, and that's why yeah. I don't want to hear from the Vikings, oh, well, we've been in every game. Like, well, the Lions have, I but still don't think you can take horrible. them lightly, though. Someone asked me this on a radio show. Like, can the Vikings bring their C-plus game and still get away with this? No, you can't because breaks for this team and manufacturing your own luck or whatever you want to call it, like the Green Bay game – they got very lucky in a lot of circumstances. But if you don't play, I, I just feel like don't don't leave it to chance. Yeah. Don't leave it to chance. Not against this team because sneaky bad te- or bad, fully bad teams can be almost almost sneaky good at times if you leave them a margin, you know, to do so. So, right. yeah. In, in, I still right. don't think they're a good team. I mean, Buffalo lost to Jacksonville because Josh Allen had a strip sack and interception, mm-hmm. and they just couldn't move the ball. And all of a sudden, the horrible Jacksonville Jaguars end up beating the Bills. So it can happen. There's no doubt that it can happen. My point is just that every broadcast you watch is, these Lions, they're fighting for Dan Campbell. They're over under for Vegas, I think, was five wins this mm-hmm. year. So they're yep. like way underachieving, actually, <laughs> compared to what expectations were going into the season. Anyhow, uh, Steelers and Vikings, who wins and how crazy is it? Let's ramp up the crazy. So I have a hard time picking Minnesota to win back-to-back games, especially since that's on a short week. Yes, I know that the Steelers have given up 41 points in two games in this 0-2-1 stretch. I still think that I still think that the Steelers are going to win this game. So I have the Vikings right now at 1 and 1 going into what would that be week 15? So this uh, is week yeah. 13, so week 14. We'll, we'll do their yeah. entire record. So, so you'd have them getting to 500 against the Lions 6 and 6 and, then and going to 6 and 7 with a loss to the Steelers. Yes. Now how does that happen? It will happen because in the fourth quarter the Vikings will be up by a touchdown and the offense is back on the field. Defense has actually been playing okay all day. It's the Steelers, Big Ben. This might be his last season. Who knows? It's like he's actually still able if you if you if you're it giving him a good season. situation, uh if you put him in a good situation and you I mean, not what happened against the Chargers, not what happened last week. If you support him the way that you need to offensively, which I'm I'm trying to like No, he's super bad. Yeah. How do they lose? They're going to lose because Kirk will get strip sacked. Oh, I like it. Um strip sack fumble return for a touchdown. By like Cam Hayward. Yeah, because it won't right? be T- it won't be TJ Watt because yeah, I don't think he's going to be playing at that point. So that's what I'm also predicting. He's mm. not playing. It's some no name defensive guy. That's right because he has COVID. And remember, the Vikings got no breaks this year. Sorry for the sarcasm. Uh, I like it. A fat man touchdown is mm-hmm. a good one. I like it. Ball bounces a couple of times, goes through Dakota Dozier's arms because he's in for some reason, and then. Hayward picks it up, runs it for a touchdown. They go for two. They win the game. Mm-hmm. That's I like that. All right, so uh, they are then They're, six and seven yep. going into Chicago where nothing ever, ever goes, goes wrong. wrong. It's totally fine. It's a nice evening there in Chicago. No problems. No weather. Just uh, easy street, right? 
In this one, it actually will be. Oh, you think so? This will be the okay. one game that they win by two touchdowns. Interesting. In this stretch. You're picking. I'm picking Minnesota in Soldier Field. I, I know wow. what I'm doing. That's crazy enough. I'm, I know. I mean, that probably in itself, I mean, although they did it last year. Um, the Kirk primetime narrative at this point is dead in the water. Like, we don't need to talk about it. Um because he did it twice in back-to-back years on Monday Night Football in the same spot. And the reason this is going to happen is an ode to 2017 oh. with Harrison Smith. Okay. And I don't he didn't have a pick six in that game. Interception ended Interception the game. will end the game similarly in similar fashion. Who will be playing? I really want to say Nick Foles just because I'd really like to just like <laughs> throw you for a loop. Uh, but it'll be I think it'll be Justin Fields at this point. Yeah. He'll be out of um, off the injury report, trying to make something for the rest of the season. Okay, here's what I'm thinking. Justin Fields is leading a game-winning potential drive. He throws to Allen Robinson, who dives for the end zone, but Harrison Smith knocks the ball out of his hands. It bounces through the back of the end zone, the Don Beebe Classic, okay. and Chicago does not get a touchdown, goes back to the Vikings. They kneel out the win. And that's how they, they win. Do you have that as field. a close game or you have it? I said by two touchdowns. I was going to have that as a close game because it's Chicago. Chicago I mean, yeah. even last year, Nick Foles put on a complete horror show against the Vikings. It was despicable offense. And still, a pass went through Anthony Miller's hands that if he had caught it and he went into the end zone, the game would have been tied or Chicago would have been ahead. Mm-hmm. Like It was still that close despite how much the Vikings outplayed the Bears. I am never ever as long as we do this going to say oh yeah just go easy to go and to win. chicago yep. and win yep. i know never maybe i'm like feeling my oats a little bit because <laughs> they won there last year um all right so two and one in this next stretch yep. puts them at seven and seven yeah 500 again yep now it is the rams mcveigh has gotten his hair together and matt stafford is battling 69 injuries on many different mm-hmm. parts of his body uh, did you see that? You saw that. Well, of course you did. Diana Rossini reporting. He has ankle soreness and back soreness and ribs soreness. He's and- always like, I mean, right. honestly, the guy is like tar. Like he's tough. I mean, tough. No nails. I don't know. Tar. He's tough as nails. Tough as tar. Tough I don't. As, tough as nails probably works. I don't know. I just think like tar is a good thing to like. He. I don't know. Sure. It doesn't work. But the guy is like just indestructible. Hmm. Like, okay, I've got another theory. He's battled through injuries every single season of his career. It's like, oh, is he going to play? Is his neck fractured? Probably. Like, he's played through back fractures. So this stuff that was just reported seems pretty, like, lightweight compared to what he's played through in previous years when he was in Detroit. Different theory on Matt Stafford and these injuries is that every time he starts to struggle... You they're fake? There's a reporter who comes out with a report that he's battling all these injuries... I wonder who it is that tells the reporter that he's battling all these injuries as an excuse because he's not playing well. Okay. I, just tell me an NFL quarterback at this point in the season who has not had a couple dings and cuts, who isn't sore here, injured there, beat up there. How about an, like an NFL player? But I found tweets from each of the last five years at this I mean, time of year. He's had a lot of injuries. Right, that he's battling through this, battling through that. And I just think... You know, I think a lot of these guys just maybe don't say anything about those 
injuries, the dings and cuts. But Matt Stafford, you always seem to find out about it. You always seem to know he's so tough. He's battling through injuries. It's like, well, you're either saying this is an excuse to reporters or he's on the, the other side. Uh, or Not uh, saying the teams don't lie. Right, but. Right. But on the other side of it, it's also like, why did you trade your entire franchise's draft picks for the future for a guy who's hurt every year? Anyway, Good point. so uh, that's uh, December 26th against the Rams, a noon game. So the Rams are on a downward slide at the moment. They've lost three straight. Stafford throws picks. And I think that he'll bounce back in mm. these next couple games until he comes to Minnesota oh. on the day after Christmas. The previous games that they've lost, especially against the Titans and San Francisco, on back-to-back drives, he turned the ball over. I think he only did it once this past week against the Packers. But they will lose – the Rams will lose a game. This is the first big upset outside of Green Bay for Minnesota this year. The Rams will lose the game, honestly, pretty early on. Like, Mm. in the second quarter, he will have had – Matt Stafford will have had two pick sixes, thrown two – interceptions that have been returned for touchdown one by Patrick Peterson one by Bashad Breeland oh okay all right the Bashad Breeland game yes it is the Bashad Breeland game they finally figured out like hey the signing worked out at least for this game so (laughs) there is some sort of like Bashad Breeland Grinch comparison (laughs) Uh, I will say that uh, covering Bashad Breeland has been entertaining oh it's incredibly entertaining Uh, that's not what I could say about that we talked to him yesterday he actually was pretty insightful yeah he was okay um, and then he said better questions this week as he walked off. But uh, I'll go with, uh, how about this one? That the Rams win on a Hail Mary. That okay. Stafford and his mega bazooka arm throws 68 yards in the air. That they're yeah. like, well, there's no chance, folks. The game's over here. They're just uh, going to have to run a trick play or something. And Stafford winds up, throws the farthest ball that's ever traveled to U.S. Bank Stadium. It tips oh off God. three people, including Who catches Mackenzie it? Alexander's dome, and Tutu Atwell, the smallest guy on the field, has it fall right into his bread basket. So it's not OBJ having his revenge game here at U.S. Bank Stadium after stinking I, I don't even know if Tutu Atwell's year. playing. Is he hurt? I, mean, <laughs> just, I just wanted to mention him because he's so tiny. I think he's actually on he's been hurt, injured right? reserve as, right now. As yeah. most people who weigh 160 pounds are... Oh, yeah, but the Rams, they know better than everybody else. You draft a child in the second round. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's the argument for them trading their picks is like, well, they're really bad at it, so I guess they should just trade them. Uh, So, yeah, maybe it'll be Odell Beckham with one hand. The ball is fluttering right toward the, the ground slow motion roar, he reaches and grabs it so he mark to, andrews it not yeah we're not even giving him credit for his own like one-handed catch from like 2013 the last we're calling it the this, mark, this will be the catch this will be the catch the mark andrews <laughs> odell beckham catch yeah catching it down by his hip so that makes them they get the win there according to you so that yep. makes them eight and seven mm-hmm. and now the finally hype, the first time they're above 500 this year and congrats f- and for a long time uh so now the hype train I mean, is out of control. This team's mm-hmm. dangerous. Yep. Off they go. Prime time Green Bay Packers, assuming it remains prime time. Yes. You know, it would have to matter, but it probably will. January 2nd going to Green Bay. What happens there? Wait a second. Did that Was that game always a 7-20 game? I think so. Wow. Yeah. I guess I always, I don't, phew, I'm looking at the schedule right now being like, wait a second. Um, yeah. Another primetime game for Minnesota in the uh, final stretch of the season. 
I want to pick them to lose the finale to Chicago. Just full disclosure here, because I just don't think you're beating Chicago twice this year. So you pick the one that could be the most disappointing and crushing. Yes. Um, there you go. I think that they will. I mean, I'll go ahead because I know what I want the record to be, but I also am trying to be like realistic about ways that you can get to nine and eight. And I don't think it's via a sweep of Green Bay. So I'll actually go with like reality here. They're going to lose to Green Bay because Aaron Rodgers is going to just go off. He's going to have a fully healthy Aaron Jones this time. He's going to have um, his defense probably back to full health. He'll yeah. actually have a defensive line. I thought you were going to say a fully um, healthy toe. Maybe that. I mean, it's a pinky toe. I guess who cares, right? I I, I wouldn't know. want my pinky toe to hurt or have COVID toe. Ah, uh, yeah, me neither. Um, this game will be the um, should we call it the Rasul Douglas game? <laughs> like one of the, like you know, somebody in the secondary is going to have some revenge for all of those dropped picks. Darnell Savage game, mm. sure. Um, I think that. They're going to get down early here, a la 2018 or 2019, whenever it was that they got down 21-0 to zero Vikings in, in Lambeau Field, and they're not going to be able to recover. It's going to be a you know back-and-forth affair later. So, like, third quarter comeback, Kirk, is what I'm projecting this to be after they're down 21-0. to zero. Oh, okay. But I just think that it's so er- so early on. They're, it's a freezing cold primetime game where it's like lock up this win – and then coast against Chicago, and you get in. But because it's such a critical game, they're going to lose it. So, Sam Ekstrom here to tell you more about our good friends at Boogie Bikes. You know, winter is upon us, the days are short, but I'm already daydreaming about the spring and summer when I can get back outside golfing, walking the dog, and getting on the bike. And if you're thinking about gifts this holiday season, consider Boogie Bikes, makers of the electric cruiser bike. Don't settle for a low-quality bike. The Boogie Bike is built in Wisconsin using the highest quality parts from around the world. And if you want to conquer hills, enjoy the outdoors, save gas and money and energy, and not show up sweaty to work, go to boogiebikes.com and get yourself an electric bike today and get $250 off just for being a podcast listener. Use the promo code SKOL, S-K-O-L, $250 off, get a free basket on your bike, and hey, there's no risk. 15-day try-at-home boogie bike guarantee and an industry-leading five-year warranty. They're the best. Boogie Bikes. BoogieBikes.com. Yeah. Right, here's, here's what I've got. They play them tight because it's Vikings-Packers, so they're just going toe-to-toe, and they're throwing blows left and right. Touchdown drive here, touchdown drive there. Packers defense is overrated. You get to the fourth quarter, we've got ourselves a tie ball game. Kick off to Kenny Wongwu. He goes the distance. Ah, but there's a flag. Okay. Blake Brandle grabbed a guy on the way there. It's called back. Vikings have to punt. Rodgers leads game-winning drive. Is Blake Brandle playing for Oliudo at this point, meaning Garrett Bradbury is still on the bench? We're going to talk about that. Somebody needs to play for Oliudo. But- I mean, that would be wild in itself where – a undrafted dude is starting over your first round pick who you need to find a spot for. Doesn't it feel like every time we go to Lambo though, there's a crazy penalty where you're like, wait. And that ultimately <laughs> uh, ends up deciding the game. Sure. I mean, tw- or, you know, players don't understand the rules that, uh, all, that Stace, also happened. Stacey Coley. Yes. Where he just caught the kickoff. And he tried to, to hand it to the ref and ref's like, I should have referenced that. I should have referenced that. Like he caught the ball and just tried to hand it to the ref. And the ref was like, what? It's a live ball. You can't give it to me. And he just dropped it on the ground. <laughs> <So what? laughs> 
<laughs> and then he gets himself cut. The things that happen to this team. So that puts them at eight and eight. Mm-hmm. And then Chicago comes here. Yeah. To U.S. Bank Stadium on January 9th. Look, Matt Nagy's had luck in some good games against the Vikings in years past, and this team has, you know, been a bugaboo for the Vikings. I mean, last year, you look back at that Week 15 game against Chicago, that's the the reason the Vikings didn't end up in the playoffs as a seventh seed, and Chicago did. Um, 2018, same thing. So season on the line here. I don't know if you get in at the as a seven seed at eight and nine. Granted, we'll know a little bit more after the Saints tonight. Yeah, Thursday night uh, football. So Saints in, in Dallas, I think, is a pretty big indicator of a team that you know if the if Saints lose tonight, they're probably yep you know they're out. That's so they're, it. so maybe you can get in at eight and nine. I don't know. I don't think so. I have them winning against Chicago because I think nine and eight is this team's ceiling. And it's what gets them into the seven seed in the postseason. So how they win this game, I think that this will be the close one against Chicago. This will be just to make matters make matters fun and to cap off a crazy regular season mm-hmm. before they head into the playoffs. This will take another two-minute drive after the defense. Oh, there'll be a fumble. Let's say, let's say Kene Wongwu. Because Dalvin Cook is either not playing or, you know, they're trying to preserve him for the postseason. Kenny Wongwu fumbles in the two-minute drive, similar to what happened against Detroit with Madison mm-hmm. in week five. Chicago goes down and scores this time, and it will take a 55-yard field goal from Greg Joseph. On the foot of a kicker for the entire season. To well lift done. this team into the playoffs. Well done. Because and then then we'll have the Greg Joseph post game press conference where he's asked about you know exonerating all of the demons of the Minnesota Vikings from kickers past. I love it. That's happened before. I think this is well done. So you really recovered after a slow start there. Like you, I thought, my first one was yeah. at least like realistic. Well, that's the that's the problem. Is that sorry this, I didn't make it nuts? But this season, it's never realistic. It's always it's crazy. It's never anything that we ever expect. I'm going to go with this. In 2016. The Bears were the team that came up with Philly special. And then Philly copied that in the Super Bowl. And the touchdown was thrown to Matt Barkley. I'm going to say that they draw up a Philly special play at the goal line to win the Bears. And instead, throw an interception to Eric Kendricks, who runs it the rest of the way and wins the game. That could absolutely happen. He's so, in the, I mean, that caps off an all pro, uh, his second All-Pro campaign since 19. Like, yeah, I think he's played an All-Pro level. I think he has too. And that would be like the dagger. Right. And we'll call it like the Chicago not so special or something. Okay. Am I right? Sure. Uh, Okay. So I'm going to read some point break quotes and we can apply them to Vikings lines. All right. All right. Now, this is Patrick Swayze, Keanu Reeves. I mean, classic 1991. This is this is a Patrick Swayze quote from that movie. His character is Bodie. Fear causes hesitation and hesitation will cause your worst fears to come true apply that to vikings lions i mean my god could that go any more perfectly for mike zimmer's aggressiveness on fourth down i feel like that fits into it perfectly i could use that for a number of different games but they're gonna have some fourth down situations and they're gonna go for it not even think twice a couple fourth and ones at the goal line fourth and two maybe in you know just to get them inside the red zone like they're going for it because 
I, I know Zimmer kind of felt he felt like kind of a little bit lighter going into this game yeah. on Wednesday. He just got done watching Lions tape. That's kind of where he looks at it, where he's like, "This team is very obviously beatable, but the second they give them." an inch they know that they're back in trouble again because it's exactly what happened in week five so foot on the throttle zimmer on fourth down i think this also applies to um kirk cousins where sometimes with cousins fear causes hesitation and he throws high or takes a sack or lines up under the guard or lines up under the guard and what he knows about this game is if you lose this game, like it's it's over, like your season is pretty much over here, but also like your time here is over. Because if he loses this game against such a horrendous team, like one of the worst teams on paper ever, and that's my point about whether well, they played some close games, like yeah, but their point differential is just like putting them in like all time bad category. And if you lose this game because you're hesitant, because you're not aggressive, you're going to put them in the same situation they were before against the Lions, which is needing to kick a field goal at mm-hmm. the end. And so the Cousins we saw last week after he threw the interception, very hesitant. Not only him, but also the play caller. Sure. It, it was like they had Jefferson throw a pass. They were throwing some screens. Like they really went away from being aggressive after that interception from Kirk. Like they all got a little, they all got a little scared and it made their worst fears come true. So I, I think that's always possible against any opponent for this to happen, to throw a pick, to take a strip sack. Then they get conservative. Right. And then all of a sudden, ooh, Kirk. Okay, here's another one. Another quote from Bodie. If you want the ultimate, you've got to be willing to pay the ultimate price. It's not tragic to die doing what you love. Ooh, it sounds You see why I love this movie? I mean, this sounds very dramatic. It sounds like a quote I can apply to the defense. Yes. Read it to me one more time. Okay. Because I want to apply it to a certain player. Okay. If you want the ultimate, you've got to be willing to pay the ultimate price. It's not tragic to die doing what you love. So this is an Eric Kendricks quote. Oh. Because I don't think Anthony Barr is going to play this week. Mm. You know, he's dealing with a hamstring on top of a knee that's been an issue all season long. The Lions are going to – I think that they're going to still, with Jamal Williams, even though DeAndre Swift might not play – like, they're going to try to stick with what they know yep. and run the heck out of the ball. And Kendricks is going to feast and have so many tackles for losses, strip sack maybe um, on, on Jared Goff, maybe a forced fumble on Jamal Williams. Like, he's going to take over this game defensively because the pass rush itself in the defensive line is still, like, they're just throwing guys in hoping that somebody makes a play and just trying to spread the wealth in responsibility among everybody on the defensive line. So I think this is the Kendricks put him on my back type quote. I'm going to, you know, get rich or die trying. I mean, that's a 50 cent line. That's not a point break line, but it, I couldn't remember what your thing was word for word, but if you he, want the ultimate, you got to be willing to pay the ultimate price. And the ultimate price is he's going to be absolutely gassed after this game. Cause he's going to be everywhere. Cause they need him to be. Because we don't know. I mean, they might be down. Michael Pierce is supposed to be back. Willie? Dalvin Tomlinson is supposed to be back. Willie? I don't think Anthony Barr plays. Who the hell knows about Patrick Peterson and the COVID thing? So mm-hmm. going into this, this is the Eric Kendricks game. I like it. I think that's a good angle. I'm going to go with Zimmer and blitzing. Okay. And going after Jared Goff. 
because if you want the ultimate strip sacks, you ain't going to get them from a four-man rush. Okay, they got a little pressure on That's Jimmy G. That's where you can G. use Eric Kendricks. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. You know, Armand Watts had a decent game, but it's very hard with these front four, even with Delvin Tomlinson back, uh, assuming he's good to go. It's very hard to do uh, to get any pressure with these guys, to Sean Bauer and TJ Smith and whoever else is running out there. DJ Wanham, you know, he got a sack, but only because Anthony, Anthony Barr, Barr yeah, helped right. So should uh, be great. Maybe they, I mean, maybe if Barr plays, that he will be part of this blitz package. If he plays, if he which plays. Mm, doesn't doesn't seem likely, but you got to be willing to pay the ultimate price, which is give up a potential huge play. And that happened against the Vikings uh, with Green Bay, mm-hmm. where they blitzed Aaron Rodgers and you know, big plays. And it's not tragic to die doing what you love. Zimmer loves dialing up blitzes. Yeah. Third down. Very good at it. If you give up a 50-yard play to Jared Goff because you were dialing up a blitz because you knew you couldn't pressure with four, it's not tragic. It's just football. It's just how it goes. All right, I've got another one. Uh, Oh, where did it go? This was a good one. Uh, I'm saving Viaco Dios for the end. My, uh, that's a that's a, at the at the very end. You know the classic final scene. Gosh, what I just had a perfect one. Well, maybe we should do Viaco Dios then. Okay. What if, I don't know what Viaco Dios means. Live with the gods or something. Yeah. Go with the gods. How can we apply that one? Ear is to go in Spanish. That's the verb, and via is a it's conjugated to go. Okay. Go with the gods. Oh, here's the one I've got. This is Johnny Utah talking to Bodie. Who's Johnny Utah? Keanu Reeves. Okay. He says, look, Bodie, people are dead. The ride is over. How's that? Decent? Keanu Reeves? I mean, sure. Okay. Okay. Bodie, people are dead. The ride is over. And Bodie says, oh, no, no, no. I say when it's over. All right. Apply that to the Vikings. I say when it's over. That's a Justin Jefferson line. Oh, I like it. Good job. He's going, like, in my two-touchdown Justin Jefferson game, 140 yards receiving because they actually stick with – they don't try to compensate for Cook's Cook's loss or not having him. They try to stick with what they know and what's been working. So this is Justin Jefferson absolutely mossing people on his way to a two-touchdown 140-yard game, and he's in control. He's what dictates the Minnesota Vikings winning this game. So that's him. Uh, Viacondios does mean go with God. Yeah. So good job. I don't really know what that means. Like go with God. Like I don't know how to apply that. So we might have to like, I might just lean on you for picking that quote, but I liked mine for the, I decide when this game is over. It's perfect. It's the perfect pick is Justin Jefferson because this team outside of Justin Jefferson is not good. They're just not good. Like the secondary is struggling. The defensive line is struggling. The offensive line is struggling. The running back is hurt. The only cornerback who's competent has COVID. Like everything is falling apart. Our Peds heads are falling off or whatever. Mm -hmm. And there's one guy who can say, this ride isn't over till I say it's over. And it's the dude who can go for 200 yards any game and dominate and take you to the playoffs. And that's Justin Jefferson. It's your only way there. To go through that schedule, even though it's easy for the most part, there's only one way you get there, and it's if Justin Jefferson completely dominates, and that's the perfect pick, I say, when it's over. So, yeah. you know, maybe it'll end differently for him than it did for Bodie. Is uh, Bodie die or something? Well, look, I don't want to ruin it. Sounds for, very tragic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, give me, before we wrap up, just, uh, I guess, go, I mean, go with God, you could be saying, like, this whole team. 
This whole team, like the football gods, mm-hmm. are just throwing one thing after the next at this team. Well, like on a we said at basis. the top of the show, it's it's black and white. Every week is either live is living and dying with this yep. team and covering this team. It's blow it all up or hey, hope is still alive. And the football gods will the tell football us. Football gods are going to decide. There's no there's no gray area here. It's one or the other. So go with the football gods is mm-hmm. basically what Keanu Reeves was saying. Um, what what do you think? Is, is like the biggest factor in this game. If we're doing that before we wrap up, just like what, what's going to determine this game? And, and well, let me ask you it a different way too. Like what would be the scenario that's realistic, not the like crazy scenario that Vikings fans are cooking up in their heads going into this game saying, you know what Detroit's going to do to us? They're going to do X, Y, and Z. And that's how we end up with this horrendous loss. Oh God. I mean... Jared Goff played a pretty good game against Chicago, all things considered. You know, what a good game is for Jared Goff, you know, coming off the oblique injury. Like, that's, you know, if you see Jared Goff, shades of 2018 Jared Goff, I guess, yeah, 2018 Jared Goff, the one that got to the Super Bowl, it'd be like, wow, okay, this finally worked out for them. This is what, you know, Detroit had hoped when they made this trade and got all these picks and got a quarterback, or at least what they think is a quarterback in the process, that that would be, you know, the Jared Goff, fine, you know, the, the realization type game for him, if that, mm. if that makes sense. I mean, other than that, it'd be a Kirk meltdown. I really do think that people would look at that and be like, that's the way that Detroit wins, that Kirk has – you know, the, the the trend stops where he's really good against the Lions and he's all of a sudden really bad against the Lions, but I just don't see that happening. I don't. Not against this team. Sam Ekstrom here, wondering if you're stuck on your company's injury report. In an unfortunate situation like that, it's good to have someone in your corner. That's where Kemet Sanford and Kramer Law can help you understand your rights under Minnesota's workers' compensation laws. There's enough uncertainty in our lives nowadays that the last thing you want is to feel helpless if you wind up in a bad situation after a workplace injury. Kemet, Sanford, and Kramer will fight for you if there's been a wrongfully denied work comp claim so you can get the benefits you deserve. If your claim's been accepted, they help with rehabilitation disputes, medical disputes, help you get a second opinion, and ensure you're getting all the benefits you're entitled to on an accepted claim. Kemet, Sanford, and Kramer will provide you a dedicated and experienced disability attorneys that have secured their clients tens of millions of dollars. Our good friends Mike, Pat, and Evan will handle all that messy legalese to and from the insurance company about your claim while you focus on what's important, your recovery. And there's no cost involved for reaching out to Kemet, Sanford, and Kramer. In fact, you don't pay a dime unless they successfully obtain your benefits. You get paid, then they get paid. It's that simple. The website is yourminnesotaworkcomplawyer.com where you can find a phone number to get a free consultation. This is an attorney advertisement from Kemet, Sanford, and Kramer, yourminnesotaworkcomplawyer.com. It, it, there is a little bit of a feeling of when a guy goes to shoot a free throw and the graphic says, he's made 46 mm-hmm. free throws in a row, and then he doinks it. Like there is that yeah. Kirk is seven and zero against the Lions and has put up seven gazillion yards. Oh, and then he has his one bad yeah. game. Uh, I, don't, I don't believe the trap game thing. Yeah. I really, I don't like that. I just don't like the not, phrase. Not for a bad team, but not for an under five hundred team. There's no, no trap games. But it does feel like I don't know, just the, the nervousness around it. Not necessarily saying like I'm not saying that the players are nervous about this game, but this just carries that sort of vibe. Like 
good lord like if it, you can you can envision it happening mm-hmm you can envision Detroit somehow with lucky breaks. The ball bounces a certain way. There's there's penalties. It's a 35-yard DPI on Bashad Breeland because the receiver gets behind him and pulls his jersey. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like There's just so many weird things that could happen that have happened this year from a penalty perspective, and that's, what's, that's what ends up becoming like, hey, we have to go win this game in the two-minute drive or we're done. There's one thing that I think could unravel the Vikings against the Lions, and one thing pretty much only. I mean, you could say themselves and Kirk. Like, if he just has one of those days out of nowhere, like against Atlanta, like against Buffalo a few years ago, like that's that's one way. But the Lions, one thing they are actually average at is run blocking. Mm-hmm. And if you are average at run blocking, that means you're great against the Vikings. Yeah. The only way I see this happening, because Goff just doesn't have the weapons to have a big no, game. No, he doesn't. But but they <sighs> could run and control the ball all day like San Francisco did. You think they can just do it with Jamal Williams? I Swift think they, isn't playing. Yeah, so. I think they could do it with their offensive line. Okay. Like I, I tend to think that outside of a handful of players every year, that running games are entirely offensive line-based and pretty much any running back can fill in and do it. If they block it up, it's always possible that they can have long drives and think about San Francisco turning that game. And they're not San Francisco, but they're also not terrible Mm -hmm. when it comes to running the ball and their running offense. San Francisco turns that game with two really long drives that suck the air out of the football for the Vikings and end up taking the lead at the end of the half. It is possible that they could do that. Uh, I don't see it happening, and I'm still going to pick you know, them to win by sure. 20. But I, if there's one scenario that's scaring people, I think that's it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they just got gashed for 208 yards against a very competent run team. And Detroit wants to be a competent run team because that really is their only strength. The reason I said Goff is because he did have a good game against the Bears. In a vacuum. Like, let's look at it for what it was. But if they're going to play a close game – Jared Goff having a good game, relatively speaking, could actually factor into right. that. So, uh, as we speak, the Vikings have activated Dalvin, Dalvin Tomlinson, Tomlinson as we so. as we expected. So, he'll but be activated back. doesn't necessarily mean. I mean, who knows? He had COVID. There have been players. Kenny Willekes has been activated for a while now, and he hasn't been able to get back. So, yeah. if you're the Vikings, you hope. I mean, they they had some optimism at least with Pierce and with Tomlinson that they're coming back to practice. They'll see, but. I mean, again, we'll see with these with these injuries and with the COVID stuff because, I don't know, you just don't know. This was fun. Do you want to sing the what does that stat mean before we wrap up? I want you to sing it because you do better than me. <laughs> well, then I have to ask you about a stat because that's the rules. Um, so let me come up with one really quick and then we can do it. Now I can remember how it goes. What does that stat mean? What does that stat mean? Yeah, that's the part I like. Yeah. The guitar riff. You said you record. Wait, wait. Let's just like spoiler alert here. You have an actual guitar riff coming. Yeah, I was working on the other day, making this. Oh, I'm so excited! Like 15 or 20 second version of what does that stat mean? I just want to see you like recording this thing, like screaming into a microphone. That's the guitar part is easy to do. The making it sound like actual singing. You maybe could I, put some filters I, over it. You could. Oh, I know. Do a lot we, of things because we said we were going to bring this up. Uh, Oli Udo yes, and his bajillion penalties. Yeah, he had a ten pass block grade mm-hmm. last week, and he has now had I think 
I'll, I can get this up here, but I think it's like six games in a row mm-hmm. without being above average, which is kind of hard to do for an offensive lineman. It's time, right? Yeah. It's time to oh, make it's, a it's, change it's here. It's been time. And I know that their whole thing was we need to put size around Garrett Bradbury at center. Well, Garrett Bradbury's not playing center. And I think for Rick Spielman, if you want to be able to justify that first round pick, because I went back and looked. I mean, anybody can do it. From Look at his first round picks from 2015. Justin Jefferson is the only one out of everyone from that stretch that you can hang oh, your hat on. Since then, you mean, yeah. Since then, of the, of, of the first round picks from 15 to 21. Gare Bradbury might be the biggest bust out of that entire group, a group that includes Laquan Treadwell. So I think you have to do one last-ditch effort, be like, maybe we'll fit him at guard. Didn't he play some guard at one point like at NC State? So try it. What do you have to lose? You're right. Getting benched halfway through your third season for Mason Cole. And if Blake Brandle, an undrafted former college free agent who came here. Sixth rounder, wasn't he? Was he? Yeah, I think so. Damn. I mean, that, 50 cents or a half dollar, but yeah. Yeah, basically undrafted. Um, Oregon State. Oregon State. Who yeah. am I thinking of? Go Beavers. Yeah. No, I was thinking of somebody else who was an undrafted offensive line. There have been many. Have been Kyle many. Hinton, maybe? No, he was drafted. He was a seventh rounder. Oh, yeah, he was a seventh rounder. Made it, I remember when we talked to him during the draft, he made it sound like, oh, yeah, I'm absolutely making this roster. Like, I was like, they, they usually do. They so, usually do sound like that. But, yeah, I mean, like, there's no reason that Blake Brandle should be replacing Ole Udo at right guard if Garrett Bradbury's available to play. So here's does it th- happen this week? I don't know. So but it has to happen at some point. Yeah, I think so. Whether it's – or you could move Mason Cole there. Someone else needs to be playing guard because – Garrett Bradbury cannot go back to playing center. Here's the stat. Week three against Seattle – was the last time that Ole Udo had an above-average pass-blocking grade. And his grades, now it's out of 100. Anything under 60 is like you didn't do so good. Uh, f- the, the last five games, 43, 38, 38, 57, 10. 10, yeah. Ah, that is super bad. I mean, and, and it's the most obvious glaring thing, too, with the holding, with you know all the penalties, with you know just how, how bad he is in pass protection. Like, he's not a guard. No, I think they that's tried to make him a guard been established. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's the experiment is over. It lasted 13 weeks. So that's what that stat yeah. means. Well, uh, Courtney, this was super fun. I mean, we went from I'll cri- come up. with. I'll be more dangerous next time. <laughs> and from the start, I think I finished OK. Yeah, no, you finished with strong. my wild field goal. But yeah, I mean, they win in Detroit because if they don't, you're right. Season's over. Even if you somehow stumble your way back into the playoffs, that's not a win in the in the in the wild card round. If you oh, lose to Detroit, yeah, I feel the same way. If you lose to Detroit here, the playoffs become much harder. But even if you make it, you're like you Ew. lost to Cooper Rush in Detroit. I mean, what? So uh, we will, of course, see, and we'll break it down as we always do. So thank you for your time. You have to watch Point Break. That I is will. now a requirement. I'll after watch it this. on my way to Detroit. That sounds good. All right, we'll see you later.